Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored. Putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Ruthless Equity. The name, Ken Williams. Two rough days rolled up into one. Let's start with end of the day on Tuesday, when I had to inform Cassandra White, my fifth grade teacher, that she was going to be transferred from the grade level to another grade level, third grade. I started with an email that I sent while in a meeting. When we finally met, she'd already called other principals about transferring to their schools. I guess she then called Mary Dobbins, the assistant superintendent, who ironically then called me to um, uh, be sure that I was aware of how the transfer process worked. However, the longer I listened to Ms. Dobbins in this conversation, the more it became clear to me that she was actually questioning my judgment. She, in her position as assistant superintendent, flirted with trying to, well, intimidate me. She danced along the edge of telling me that I was out of compliance with board policy. I was blown away by this because I knew damn well I was within my right to move staff where I wanted to within the school building. And she knows I was within my right, yet she tried to imply otherwise. Like she, she implied that I should look first at teachers who are new to Clayton County or looking strictly at seniority. For me, I looked first at the makeup of the teams and made the moves that would make them most effective, especially at third and fifth grade at this time, because these were our two tested grade levels. Throughout several long pauses and lots of silence, we finally hung up. I held my ground and proceeded to make my way back to the office to give Mrs. White the details of the change. In the end, I would have respected. Hold on a second. I got to find a little. (laughs) I'm not I'm not re-recording this. The thing is, I changed the name to protect the not innocent. So I had to go back and find my post-it note with the made up name. So let me start again. (laughs) In the end, I would have respected Ms. Dobbins more if she called to make a personal appeal 
or if she called to see if I would do her a favor. Instead, she called me and tried to use her position inappropriately, using it to intimidate me. I didn't budge, and I wasn't going to budge. Listen, I have revamped my professional development offerings. You can find them at unfoldthesoul.com. Touch the speaking tab. I've got two new offerings. The first is the three-hour virtual PD experience with me. And then the second is the in-person PD experience. Notice I don't call these presentations or workshops because I don't know. No, but I do know. I've gotten to a point in my career. One, my confidence is at an all-time high. I know equity like no one else. I know how to make it practical, tangible, meaningful. I know I could turn those states around who have foolishly banned equity from uh, any of their policies. I can help districts that have policies around equity, but they're spinning in circles, having conversations that don't lead to any kind of improvement in student learning. I can move your district from PLC light to PLC right, because I explain PLCs like no one else. I simplify it. It's authentic. I can take all those moving parts that are swirling around you, all the moving parts and make them make sense. If you are interested in Advancing your mission of learning for all, advancing your mission of equity, excellence, and achievement for all students, regardless of background. If you're a fan of rootless equity and um, want to move your staff or district forward with it, get at a brother now. Go to my site, go to my page, unfoldthesoul.com. Reminds me of, it reminds me of that book I read. It's called, uh, uh, reminds me. Of of nothing, nothing, and I got nine hundred fifty thousand eleven hundred books behind me right now on this shelf, and some of them are great, but none of them are like Ruthless Equity. Ruthless Equity is a book like no other. Explains equity like no other. Speaks to you like no other. The coach on your shoulder, the guide on your side to move you from rhetoric to results regarding your journey with equity. Pick up a copy of Ruthless Equity at Amazon.com. If you are a fan, you've read it, take a minute, please, and leave a review on Amazon.com. Now, back to the podcast. All right, baby, let's get into this. Look, I, you should be impressed. Uh, I read the journal entries five minutes before I record I have a, a notebook. I just jot down a bunch of notes and, you know, points I want to hit. But this time, man, like I did that and then I I actually numbered them like in order. That's how it's so much here. It's, 
So much here. And I've said this before, and you know what, damn it, I'm going to say it again. I don't care. It's just the truth. I'm just very present right now and feeling a burst of extra pride right now. I ain't not going to lie to you, man. Because I completely, 1,000%, if you gave me a 1,000 opportunities to talk about my experiences as the leader of that school, I would not have remembered this. And so, man, I'm just on fire today. F-I-Y-A-H, fire. Fire today. What an episode, man. Let me get something out of the way I've been noticing because I've been doing a lot more leadership work of late because the principal's a linchpin, right? And then, I mean, listen, teachers working in collaboration drive everything that goes on at a school. And then every single other person in the district is at is in the service of you know, clearing the way for teachers to be teachers. But for things that have to happen school-wide, principal's a linchpin. Principal's a linchpin. So I've been working a lot with principals of late. I'm writing a book as, <laughs> yes, Bridget, I mentioned it again. Um, I'm writing a book. And here's what I've noticed, man, that beyond the titles, we're very human at all levels. You know, I've, I've been in rooms when you know you got a one team at one grade level getting great results and then i turn around and say so what is it we can learn from this grade level that you know can serve us at this other grade level and i think it's human nature a part of it but it's something i want us to be aware of that we do what i call we rationalize and then cannibalize so often whether we're talking about the team across the table or the school down the street that's getting results. See, by the way, see, when, when schools get great results, all I want to know is how you did it. But what we typically do, and I've been in rooms with teachers who did this and principals who did this, the first thing is, well, that, well that's the school. It's the shit I hear. This shit I'm just telling you what I hear. Oh, that's the school on that side of town. Well, that, that's where all the great parents are. Well, that's all where, it's where all the white kids are. This is shit I hear. This is shit I hear. Uh, their demographic is different. They don't deal with the same. I don't know. That has never, ever been a factor for me. Never. I've never looked up anything based on demographics. If you making shit happen, I'm coming over. I'm coming over. It's just that simple. And I've got the principles to prove it. I mean, I can rattle their names off. Dean Lillard and Tanya Mahone-Williams. Faith Duncan, Marcy Evans. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Cassandra Hopkins. I mean, I could go on and on. Tammy Westbrook. Folks that had specific things going on, they didn't have to be my same demographic. I could give a damn about that. Because the quality of my school is not based on my demographic. See, that's what I get that most of most educators don't because our systems send us a different message. Our systems tell us that our demographics the most important factor. But here's my point. You listen to this episode and listen to this reflection. Some of us, and listen, we all do this in different areas of our lives. I don't exercise enough. I rationalize all day long about people who can exercise and blah, 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 blah. I got a wife who works out every day. I'm just, my, my goal in life is to, is to, is to, age and not look like her damn father how about that 
But I'm not going to lie. I find ways to rationalize. And this is what I hear from us as, uh, as school leaders. Well, it's at that school, that school is different. That population, that, those, those parents are different. When you listen to this episode, I want you to know I'm, I'm not an insider. Um, I read the, I read the, the passage to my wife and she was like, and, and you held your ground. I said, yeah. She said, that's, that's ballsy. I said, yeah, cause she knows I wasn't an insider. I wasn't in good with the assistant superintendent. I wasn't uh, a favorite son. I was from outside the district. I was still relatively new, only beginning the first five weeks of my second year there. So I don't want you to listen to this episode and think that there's an extenuating circumstance that absolves you from responding the same way when you find yourself in a situation like this. There was nothing. I hung my ass out there to dry and things could have gone vastly different. They could have gone vastly different. And I knew this at the time. So let's be careful to not rationalize or cannibalize. And I want you to, you know, I I was kind of all over the place with this lesson, but I want you to understand, get out of this habit of trying to match up every little demographic that that bullshit doesn't work. I mean, and we'll do it down to the nth degree. How people can, can this sounds good? How many kids at your school? 733. Oh, we have 735. This shit ain't gonna work at our school. I mean, we, we do stuff like that. All I've ever needed to know was someone was successful and I don't need you to be successful 15 times. I don't need 15 examples. Show me one, show me one. And if that person puts their draws on the way I put mine on, I'm coming over. So don't rationalize or cannibalize this. I had no advantages. In fact, I was an outsider in a district that never hired from outside. All right, that said, let's get into this. My God. I mean, you could already tell this teacher was a lot. And I I talked about it in a past episode, probably a couple of years ago, just, you know, this ultimately became an example of past the trash. You know, I, I'm, I'm much more savvy now and I would question why the hell a principal is trying to give a, 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 a so-called great teacher away. She had strong pedagogy. She knew her content and all that shit, but she had classroom management strategies that went out. They were probably ineffective in the early 70s, right? Just uh, because I said so school of uh of, of, of classroom management it doesn't work anymore that that was that was her fatal flaw that and she had no awareness of that and you're gonna find that out in the next episode because you see the title is intimidation versus integrity part one there's so much here there's a whole nother part to this saga that I just decided they happen on two different days too so I'm just gonna do intimidation versus integrity part two she's a pain in the ass She's a pain in the ass. And so let me give you some inside baseball. This teacher, when I hired her, based on this principal's recommendation, blah, 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 blah. I remember her distinctly in the interview, or maybe it was after the interview. Anyway, she gave me one of those. um, I only teach fifth grade. I don't teach anything else. That's my expertise. That's what I do. That's what I've been put on this earth to do. I don't teach any other grade level. Don't ever move me to another grade level. I teach fifth grade. That's what I do. So I don't argue with people when I hear shit like that. I just I just make a little mental note, like, all right, whatever. And 
you listen to the past couple of episodes, we had a shakeup with our allocation and blah, 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 blah. I had to move some people around. And, 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 I'm going to keep it real with you. I'd already had enough of her opening her damn droid razor phone, flip phone, and calling people's mamas and daddies and grandparents in front of the whole damn class. I had enough of it. So in my head, I said to myself, mm, this whole shakeup with allocation is going to give me an opportunity to change some folk around. And I'm going to put her to the test. Because I mean, when, when I tell you she was like, I don't teach any other grade level. App, she said it like she wasn't certified. And she was more than certified. She just said it like, don't even think about it. It ain't happening. It's never going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. So I switched her grade level because I wanted her out. I, I wanted to test it. I wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> I was hoping she would jump on the transfer list because it was it, the transfer list had opened up for people because of this whole shakeup in the district. And so that was my that was my intention. Like I, I needed to strengthen this fifth grade team. It was going to be addition by subtraction. I didn't even have someone to put there. I just had to get her the hell out. I had to get her out of there. And so that's what was clear to me is that I'm going to make this change and this is an opportunity and you know my hands are tied in some ways because I've had to let some people go and get rid of some long-term subs and blah 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 I'm going to I'm going to use this to my advantage to strengthen our team and you know what kind of pain in the ass teacher this is because like I told you (laughs) like I read to you between the time I sent the email and the time we actually met, she had been in touch with several other principals in the district trying to work her way into one of their schools. So you notice someone who just thinks very highly of themselves and considers herself super connected. And apparently she was because to have the second, this person who I renamed because Mary Dobbins, second in command in the district. I mean, she was the superintendent's right-hand person. Calls me up about, and with all of the shit going on, with the list of things I would imagine an assistant superintendent needs to deal with in a district that is, you know, on the cusp of losing its accreditation. Just chaos. An assistant soup concerning herself with me moving teachers around the building and that's all that we're talking about i'm moving a teacher from fifth grade to third grade fully certified k-8 i said i'll be damned i was blown away by it which brings me to the next point and this is the whole intimidation versus integrity i'm sure in her mind she was like i want to make this shit go away because i know this woman is blowing up my phone she's a pain in the ass blah 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 so she figured she would pull it on this new Jack, this 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 relatively new principal in our district. She would pull it. And I'm just proud of myself for having the presence of mind. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I can't move a teacher. Are you crazy? A board policy. And then pulled that old good old boy network bullshit that goes against everything we're supposed to be about in schools. Talking about consider first year teachers first and consider seniority fuck seniority I'm there trying to build teams that are going to ensure our kids master essentials 
And the reason I stood so hard on that is an episode that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. When mission is at the center of what you do, it makes your decisions clear, not easy, but clear. Clear. Like I don't, you know, I titled this intimidation versus integrity. And I'm, you know, I, there's a gremlin in my head, like, uh, you know, that's in, in, integrity sounds like a really lofty word and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm flawed. Just, you know, I get shit wrong in other areas. Of my, you understand what I'm saying to you? Like, I, the integrity is grew from our mission, not because I'm just a, this incredible person. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a different kind of dude. And we've all stood on the values of mission at different times in our lives. So I didn't do anything special. Mission doesn't make your decision easy. Mission makes it clear. It was clear as day what I needed to do. Because our mission was every child every day, grade level or better. We were a PLC school. I knew my job was not to come in there and maintain status quo, but to disrupt it, upend it, and create it, you know, declare where we're going and then co-create how we're going to change our narrative with our staff, right? Co-create it with our teachers and staff. But most importantly, mission was in the middle of the table. And that's the thing with mission. It's, it, it, it's, it's super cliche when it's just a, a statement. It's useless when it's just a statement. And mission's easy to talk about like the why, right? That's mission. The why is easy to talk about until you get kicked in the teeth, right? until somebody grabs you by the small ones. And that's exactly what happened. And I got placed in a mirror. And while I'll screw up a bunch of other things and get a bunch of things wrong, I take a lot of pride in the fact that we are on a mission. Everybody's watching me. I'm guiding the ship. And I knew keeping her at fifth grade was a detriment to our students. It was a detriment to our team. This move was so big. I'm, I, I called the third grade team in because I knew they were going to be at my door with pitchforks when they heard that Cassandra White was transferred. I was going to move her to third grade. And damn, I called them in. And I mean, I don't know. You can give me feedback on whether or not this is a good leadership move. I just, all I told them was, you have to trust me on this. I would not give them details because I would, you know, I wasn't going to violate someone's privacy. I wasn't going to violate confidentiality. I just said, you have to trust me on this. I just said it over and over. They didn't know what that meant beyond we're here to kill you, Ken. We're here to, to put these pitchforks in your, we're here to, we, we're here to poke you with these pitchforks. I, I did not explain why. I did not go into my reasoning. I didn't go into anything. I took a calculated risk that if I transferred her, if I moved her grade level, that she would transfer. And the fact that she had already made several phone calls by the time we met that afternoon was a good thing. But I didn't know that was going to happen when I decided to make the move. I called our third grade team in. I just said, you have to trust me. They wanted the details. I would not give them details. I sent them on. Uh, they were confused and frustrated. But it's what I had to do. 
It's what I had to do. And so we, it, it comes back to what do you stand for? What do you stand on? And let me give you a little hint. And this is what I'm writing about. You can't stand on demographics. I believe the politics of pity has driven visionary leadership to the edge of extinction. We are an endangered species. I'm dumb enough and simple enough to just have known better. I didn't know why I needed to know better. I just knew better. I just knew better. As a teacher, I knew better. As a teacher, I knew better. You know, this 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 idea that I'm there to just maintain or I'm there to just facilitate learning or facilitate assessments where the data just comes and falls out according to each ethnic group's place in society. That's bullshit to me. I knew there was something wrong with that. And the more I stayed in the work and the more I kind of just reflected, I realized like mission, this ain't about a mission statement. I give a damn about a mission statement. We, we got to be on a mission. We got to be on a mission. And the beauty of mission is that it makes those next steps clear. Even when you've got a choice between two or three next steps, when you are mission driven, all three of those next steps are going to be aligned and it's going to be a question of which way do we go. But there's not going to be a question of alignment. And so the flip side of that is some folks who make mission kind of a cliche would run up against this kind of decision and think it's something that's happening to them or something that's something that's no, no. Mission is going to test you. I was tested that day. And I wasn't backing down because we're on a mission. And then two, I don't know, man, as I'm pulling together content, it's more and more clear to me that owning it is more than a cliche. Like I've always, I've always felt like a weird dude in education because I just operate differently. It's, it's just a crazy mindset. I was, I think I was determined to, one of the things I'm writing about is just like this untapped leader, like the leader we are and then the leader we always dreamt of being. And between those two things stands the politics of pity. I wanted, I wanted, I was disappointed, man, when I first started out as a teacher with the system handing me folders in August telling me where kids are going to, you know, pretty much implying where kids are going to end up in May. And I'm thinking, then what am I doing here? And then I become a principal and the profile of my school, you know, you know, this, this podcast was originally called bless his heart leadership podcast, you know, all those things. I hated that. What you got me here for? Let a damn computer run this place. Don't call me a principal. Call me a manager. Just keeping people alive to 2.30. That's bullshit. I wanted, I wanted that fantasy. Like, I want to be a shot caller. I wanted to make a difference. And so those are the, those are the super simple thoughts that caused me to run counter to a lot of what our system says and does for my entire career. I told you last week, I've never ability grouped a kid in my life, ever, ever. Ability groups were an insult to my training. You want me to put this kid in a fucking dumb group with all this training I have and all this network I have and these great teachers I have, and you want me to tell them up front that the kid's already dumb? 
You know what that does to teachers? You know what it does? It weakens them. You know what it does to kids? It deprives them of what? It deprives them of the best our teachers have. Because there's no way a teacher's gonna be at her best if the message she's getting from the beginning is that kids are broken. Or that kid's background is why they can't do this. Or that kid's uh, culture is that why, why they can't do that. Or that kid's language is why they can't do that. And so I never bought into that shit. At the same time, I couldn't read it either. Like, I'm not, I'm human. I mean, you have me read down a list of 15 things wrong with a kid before I open a book that's going to mess with me. So I don't, I didn't read it. But I owned all of it. I've always been different that way. When I, when I look at assessment results or you know, informal feedback or whatever it is, student work. Of course, a small piece of it is reflects, I would say 15% in my mind, especially before judgment day, before the final judgment, before like the final grade is given, 15% is showing me what the kid is, quote unquote, what they've learned so far. The other 85%, it reflects on me. I always took that. Like student learning is a reflection of my effectiveness as a teacher. I felt that from day one. Teacher effectiveness is a direct reflection of my leadership effectiveness. Of course, I had some teachers that crashed and burned and weakened some areas and pains in the asses, and I talk about them. But when when the gossip quieted down, when I was done commiserating or bitching and moaning and the room got quiet, I always heard that whisper. This on you. This is on you. It's your job to hunt and gather what that teacher needs to be better so our kids can be better. It all reflects on you. So I owned it. And even though I would have respected her more if she asked for a personal favor, You know, I think I wrote that down. I would have respected her more if she asked for a personal favor or, you know, or make a personal appeal for me to to consider keeping Mrs. White where she was. I'm going to tell you, I still wouldn't have done it, but I would have respected that more than trying to use her position to like throw this intimidation shade And that's a tough position. And I'm not pretending it's not tough. Because it is. And listen, I'm in the deep south. Uh, The the, the district was not unionized. So I could have been out on my ass at any moment. But the bottom line is I own it. See, that wasn't a debate. The decision was clear. It wasn't easy to make. But what I had to do was clear because I own it. And I knew leaving her at fifth grade was not going to move our mission forward. It was not going to move our mission forward. And I'm telling you our demographics is I'm bragging. We're 95% free and reduced lunch, 95% poverty, six years of cycle failure. I was hired eight days before kids returned. And we were, I don't know, 80% African-American. I would say 10%. Latino and maybe 10% white. So we had all the ingredients that districts 
uh, make tons of excuses about. And that just, that runs counter to everything I'm about. Again, if, if you, if you cite in our demographics as the factors that matter most, then what do you need me for? I can't stand on no damn demographics. I can't stand on not 80% black. What that fuck? What does that mean? I got to stand on, we on this mission. I got some dogs here at this school. We are on the same page about where we're going. I've declared, I've declared where we are going. I declare that. That's my job. And then we co-create. But it's my job to cast that vision. And that's what I stood on. So it didn't make the decision easy, but it made it clear. That was the easy part of it. Is that shit, it's clear. I'm within compliance. This needs to happen. I'm going to make this decision. But it all grows out of two things. One, being on a mission. And two, you got to own it. And they go hand in hand. See, I run counter to systems. Systems want you to buy in. Like Systems want you to lean into kids' ailments all day long. I run counter to that. Systems want to make every piece of data about student learning. I run counter to that. I owned all of it. I owned it as a teacher. And so my teachers were going to own it. Do you know how detrimental it is for teachers to look at data wholly and solely? I'm, and I'm not talking about end of the year data. I'm not even talking about standardized test data. I'm talking about warm local data. You know how detrimental it is to only look at it through the lens of what students are capable of or not capable of? Do you know what that does? It completely absolves us of responsibility. It implies that the instruction is the best it could have been. And therefore, those who learned it are the smart ones, and those who didn't are the ones who need help. And nowhere in that equation is the teacher, unless it's a really, really underperforming teacher. But every teacher should have all three, have both those elements. What students learned and didn't learn and have it be a reflection on me. See, because I owned my students learning, that was never an issue for me because from day one, I didn't buy into any of this bullshit. Well, they're poor and white. Well, they're from that side of Terra Boulevard. Well, whatever. I didn't buy into any of that. That was all context for me. That was all context for me. Whew, my goodness. Let me see if I covered everything. Lord, let me tell you something. You won't be here for part two, baby. Part two, man. <laughs> part two is next week. It was just too much to do in one week. I'm telling you, you want to be part of part two, baby. You want to be part of part two. Hey, so what are those nuggets that I want you to take away? One, integrity is born of mission. That's one. Two, mission means you standing for something. To start a movement, it's the name of the first book I wrote with Tom Herc. Second book, actually. Uh, starting a movement begins with standing for something. You got to stand for something. And you, and I want, did you notice that what I told, what I said I stood for, I didn't mention students damn once. I don't know the students before that first day of school. I know the people inside the building. So enough of this, do we believe kids can learn shit? 
because that's bullshit too. That's a cop-out question. The real question is, do we have the goods in this room to ensure students master grade level or better essential learning outcomes? That's the question. So I can stand, I can stand at a window and take guesses as to why kids can or can't, but standing in the mirror and telling me why we don't have the goods, that's different, baby. Mission is born. Integrity is born of mission. You got to stand for something. You cannot stand on demographics. And lastly, man, mission makes your decisions clear. It doesn't make it easy. That's why we have mission, because mission means you are tunnel vision, sold out, back is to the wall. There's only one way out. There's plan A and plan A only, and that helped with my decision. Yes, this is a longer episode. Yes, it was worth it. Yes, I need you to spread the message. You know what, you know, you know what my wish is for 2024? My wish is to look up and find episodes that have a thousand plays. I think right now the top episode is like 750 plays. So please, please uh, share this podcast. I say this with no humility. I'm getting better and better at this thing. There are, I'm dropping nuggets that are game changers. You know me. You listen to this podcast, you know me. You know I don't do typical shit. I don't do the greet people at nice and say nice and be nice to people and yeah and leave people. I don't do that kind of. I, the, 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 the stuff I do lives in the creases. That's where I go. I go down between the couch cushions where your fingernails get full of you know, old chocolate chip cookies and you find a dime or two and some loose change and shit. Like my the, the leadership I do lives in the creases. Don't rationalize or cannibalize. Every effective leader worth their weight wants to share. And they, they're not going to share. But don't, don't wait for them to share. Go ask. And then lastly, you got to own it. Like today's episode is an example of what it means to own. You got to own it like you caused it. There are no exceptions. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I cannot believe we're in the fourth year, 12th episode. I want you to remember to start with the crown, not with the kid. Reject the politics of pity. Share this podcast with others and may the bridges I burn light the way. You've been listening to the Ruthless Equity School Leadership Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit RuthlessEquity.com.